Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. I'm the pastor that didn't go on the mission trip, so I don't know if that's good for you or not, but you get to hear from me today. Thank you for being here. Uh, we are starting a new series today called Brave, and I'm excited about it. It is about the story of Esther, and I'm not sure if you know this story well. If you have your Bibles, you can uh, get ready to turn to Esther chapter 2, and we're gonna, that's page 385 there in the Bible. I don't know. I'm, I'm somebody who doesn't like to be spoiled on movies and TV shows and things. I don't know if you're like that. I, I want, a friend once spoiled a movie for me, and 20 years later, I still hold it against them. And uh, the true story, pray for me. But, um, so, but right off the bat, I'm going to spoil the story of Esther if you don't know it, uh, just to get to where we have to get today. Um, Esther is a very complicated account of how a Jewish girl named Hadassah, became Queen Esther of the Persian Empire. And as queen, she helped save the entire nation of Israel from a plot to eradicate her people. And so I've spoiled it for you, but this morning we're going to focus on her, her early moments of bravery in her life. The title, the description of this series is this. There are moments in life that demand bravery, moments we are keenly aware of. That's what's needed, that what is needed from us is beyond us. Either uncommon bravery, Esther, with uncommon bravery, despite her deepest fears. This series will explore how we can be bravely courageous, regardless of what stands in our way. So Esther chapter 2, verses 5 through 9, I want to read these to you, and this is where we're going to focus today. At that time, there was a Jewish man in the fortress of Susa, whose name was Mordecai, son of Jair. He was from the tribe of Benjamin, and was a descendant of Kish and Shimei. These names are crazy. His family had been among those who, with king, I'm not even try that, of Judah, had been exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. This man had a very beautiful and lovely cousin, Hadassah, who was also called Esther. When her father and mother died, Mordecai adopted her into his family and raised her as his own daughter. As a result of the king's decree, Esther, along with many other young women, were brought to the king's harem at the fortress of Susa and placed in Haggai's care. Hagar was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered a special menu for her and provided her with beauty treatments. He also assigned her seven maids, specially chosen from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. We're going to talk about Esther today. We're going to talk about her early part of life and what made her brave, and hopefully we can relate to that today. Let's pray uh, this morning as we... Uh, we just dive into the scripture here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And I thank you for everyone that's here today. And more than anything, Lord, I thank you for your word, which is powerful. And I just pray in these next few moments as we open up your word, as we discuss the story of Esther, that you would speak clearly to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to just open up our ears and our hearts and our minds to what you might want to say to us. And I pray that we will leave here full of courage and hope in a way that we didn't walk in here today. And Lord, help LeBron James to see the light. In your name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. You're laughing, but I'm really praying that. I was, I was up not because I was nervous to preach this morning, because I was watching what LeBron James is doing. So um, if you don't care about that, I'm sorry. When, when Carrie was pregnant with Lucy, I want to tell you a story here. When Carrie was pregnant with Lucy, uh, we knew uh, that we were going to name Lucy Lucy. And uh, we, we kind of had kids at a time before it became really, really popular to give your kids like really important biblical names. I think, you know, part of our kids were named like from soap operas that Carrie liked, very spiritual. And, uh, but, yes, yeah, it's a true story. And, um, so we were naming, uh, we had named Claire and we named Lucy, uh, which both of their names mean light. Didn't realize that till about five years ago, but it makes it sound like we did it on purpose. But we were deciding on a middle name for her, and bo- both of our girls have family names. And I, we wanted to name my, we wanted to name Lucy's middle name after my abuela, my grandma Lydia, uh, who's a very special por- uh, person in my life. And her name, was Luce, or was Lydia Estelle Cruz Gomez Nieves. I know. So some of my Spanish friends, they're shaking their heads because they understand this. And so as a, at a young age, my abuela would make me recite all of her names. What's my name? What's my name? What's my name, Hijo? And I'd say, Lydia Estelle Cruz Gomez Nieves. And so we, we would say that for my whole life. She would always play this game with me on the phone or when she would come visit from Puerto Rico. So when it came time to, to name Lucy, we wanted to give her her middle name, Estelle. And so Carrie said, I think we should, I think we should give, you know, just honor your, your abuela and give her the middle name. And so we said, okay. And so we just had a conversation. Later on, we were talking with somebody and they said, what are you naming, what are you naming Lucy? What are you going to name the baby? He said, and I said, Lucy Estelle. And Carrie looked at me and said, that's not your, Grandma's middle name. So what are, you, what are you talking about? That's not grandma's middle name. It's your grandma's middle name is Esther. I said, what are you talking about? My whole life she's Lydia, Estelle, Cruz, Gomez, Nieves. And he said, and so Carrie and I had a very heated discussion, which means we fought about this in front of people, which carried on to home and which carried on for a couple of weeks. We had this back and forth discussion about is it Estelle? Is it Esther? I'm certain because every day, you know, for, for years, it's Lydia Estelle Cruz Gomez Nieves. And so Carrie said, well, just, just call your mom and check because I don't, I don't think it's Estelle. And I called my mom and she said, no, it's Esther. Your, your grandma's middle name is Esther. And so for all these years, I had misheard because of my grandma's thick Spanish accent. In my mind, I'd heard Estelle, but it really was Esther, you guys should be laughing at me a little bit more. That's okay. That's okay. You're allowed to laugh. And so Lucy is Lucy Esther Mowerman, named after my grandma. But I'm going to just tell you, for a week, I was like in mourning because everything I thought to be true in life, I had to question. I had to redefine what I thought to be true because for years, I thought this was my grandma's name. And I, I, I tell that story just to say this. I think when we think about this word brave and we think about the word courage, it's important for us to maybe redefine what we 
think when it thinks about when we think about that word. Some of you in this room, you automatically might identify yourself as brave or courageous just because of your personality. Some of us in the room, we would say, well, we're, I'm not brave and I'm not courageous because of my personality. But there is a biblical redefining we have to do about this word. I want to give you some just just to reframe this, just like my daughter when we named her Esther, I had to rethink what I thought to be true in a funny way. But God's definition of this word is way different than maybe our definition of the word or what maybe the culture says this word looks like. Courage defined is this. It's, I think sometimes we have a picture that courage is going through a burning building to save somebody. That's courage. It's an act of courage. But when you define courage, it actually is an inner strength. In your heart. That's the actual definition. It's an inner moral strength. And God's biblical definition of courage looks different than what we think it might be. Courage isn't some big physical act. It isn't being fearless. Courage and bravery is doing the right thing in the face of fear. Does this make sense? Is this okay? Okay, two people said, all right, I'm good. Courage, I love this quote, courage is fear... That has said its prayers. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. Being courageous, being brave is a choice we make sometimes in spite of ourselves. I think I just want to reframe as we we get into this series is to make you look at this word a little bit different because your ability to be brave is not tied to whether you don't have fear in your life or you don't have anxiety or you have total peace so I can be brave. It is being brave and courageous despite those things. Author Annie F. Down, she says this, courage is doing things even when you're scared. Being brave isn't something that happens when you're not scared anymore. Brave people don't stop hearing the whispers of fear. They hear the whispers, but take action anyway. And so that's what it is to be brave. When we look at Esther's story these next four weeks, we're looking at somebody that didn't have it all together, but she chose in the face of fear to be brave anyway. So if we're waiting to be free of doubt or worry or anxiety to live brave, we have to stop because that's not how it works when it comes to God. So I want to just give you three quick things this morning, how to reframe what it is to be brave in the life of Esther, in that context of her life. Number one, one of the things that encourages and helps frame this word is God is writing our stories. God is the one who writes our stories. Hebrews 12, 2 says God is the, or Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And to be brave doesn't mean that we have to take control of our lives. It's actually the most courageous thing that we can do is trust God with our lives and trust that he is writing our story. God is in the business of actually writing brave stories. And that's good news for us. This story about Esther is about an orphan girl who was in exile who became queen. God wrote her story. God was in control of that. God is in the business of writing brave stories for our lives. The good news today is he doesn't write lame, pathetic stories. That's a good thing. He writes brave stories. Your story and and my story is brave because God is the author of it today. And being brave for Esther probably looked different for her at different parts of life. And there's a moment to this story that is her being brave. But I think it's... There's a big moment. There's a climax to this this story where she stands before the king and she asks for the rescue of her people. That's the big moment that uh, we all know about the story if you know about it. But there's there's a kind of a detail that's 
that's written here. And it just says that she was born, she had no parents, and her uncle adopted her. And so there's a lot of, lot of her story that's not covered there. But I want to say to you that I think part of Esther's story of her being brave is that she was an orphan. She lost her parents. And along the way, she didn't give up. And sometimes being brave is not the big moments that we think it is. Sometimes it's when hard things happen to us, when hurt and pain happen in life, that we don't quit, that we don't give up. And I commend Esther for this because you've probably had, we don't know exactly all the details, but we know, we can imagine what it must have been like to not have parents in that time and age. And how she got from being an orphan to an exile to a queen is amazing. And it probably took some moments in her life where she just did not quit. Sometimes having courage is just not giving up. And you think about all the labels that were probably put on her she's an orphan she doesn't belong and all those kind of things and yet other people try to write our stories we can listen to those voices but god is the one who writes our stories i've had this interesting thing happen since we moved here a year ago and the interesting thing is that nobody knows what my name is nobody knows who i am started last year at a vacation bible school in front of hundreds of people Anna's laughing because she knows where this story is, where a pastor called me up front to help him, and he called me on a microphone, Pastor Mario, will you come help me? And I'd like to say that my, my new friends at LifeTree were supportive of this, but when I looked in the corner, all my friends from LifeTree were bent over laughing, saying things like Luigi to me to match up with Mario. But this has been a theme this whole year for my life. People have called me just, just random names. And it's, it's been unusual for me. We were in a place for 15 years where I, my name was known. I was either Pastor Andre or I was Dre or I was Carrie's husband or I was Jack, Lucy and Claire's dad. Whatever situation, I was coach. Whatever situation I was in, people knew my name. No lie, I had the same guy. This just happened Monday, last Monday. I met this guy earlier in the year and he said, hey, your name is Alfonso, right? <laughs> I said, no, my name is not Alfonso. Three months later, I met him again. You ever have somebody that keeps meeting you and introducing you? Yeah. He met me again and said, I walked through the door. I was doing a community event with Carrie. I had hamburgers and hot dogs in my hand. I was going to the grill. And he said, hey, your name is Alfredo, right? I said, no, it's not Alfredo. And um, he said, oh, I know why I called you that. Because today, earlier, I bought Alfredo sauce at the grocery store. True story. True story. I, later, you know, if you ever have those conversations, you ever think about a conversation later on after it's happened, you think, I should have said this to him. I was laying in bed later and I said, I should have called him Rigatoni. I really should have. This has been, my, my son thinks this is so funny. He has kept a list of all the names, that wrong names that people have called me in a year. My point is this. People can label you. They can call you things that you're not. They can look at you because you're hurt and pain or maybe even your own actions. And they can say you are this and you are that and you're that. But God is writing your story. And what he calls you trumps anything that anybody else calls you. You know, I've been kind of laughing with God saying, God, what are you trying to tell me through this? That nobody knows my name. It's it's keeping me humble for sure. Esther was known as two names. She was known as Hadassah. 
You know what that name means? It means myrtle tree. It's kind of funny. But later on, she would be known as Queen Esther. And Esther means star. And it's amazing that when we submit our lives to God, he makes us the star of the story. He really does. He changes us from what people call us to what our our destiny is and what we really are. God is writing our stories. Another interesting part about this book, it's the only book in the Bible where God is not mentioned one time at all. All throughout this book, no mention of God. And it's, it's, a, it's a good encouragement to me because there are times in life when we're going through something where it can feel like, man, is God even in the midst of this? Does God know my name? Does God, is God taking notice of what's happening to me? And yet throughout the book of Esther, we can see that God's hand, though he's not mentioned, is working all the time. He's writing our stories, even when we don't have a sense of who he is or where he's at or whether we are being noticed or not. God is there. It is a reminder to us of that. God is working. God is writing. I wonder if Esther thought the death of her parents was the end of her story. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. You've gone through something and felt like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I have no idea how this is going to turn out, how the hurt's going to be healed, how the pain, how the betrayal, how this thing is going to work out. Sometimes we can feel like we're in the middle of a situation and it feels like the absolute end of of a story for us. And oftentimes, the way when God is writing our story, what we think is the end is just the beginning of the story, just the beginning of the testimony. And I could stand here today and tell you that in the last few years of life, I've been at places where I thought, I don't know how this is going to work out or this is going to turn out. But God, because he's writing, because I've trusted him as the author of my life, has, has just turned the page and given me a testimony. And the story is just getting good. God is writing our story. Number two, in our story, i got three things. This is the second one. God will strategically place people in our lives to give us courage. God will strategically place people in our lives to help give us courage. Because God's writing our story, he knows that we will need, there will be times in life that we will need courage. Encouragement is a big deal. Everyone say encouragement. Come on, say encouragement. Encouragement is a big deal. And I think one of the greatest strategies that the enemy does to, to get us off track or to, or to get us out of faith is to discourage us. I think he does it all the time. I think it's his biggest strategy to to discourage somebody or to feel discouraged means that courage is taken out of your life. Your courage. Forgive me. I'm from the hood, but our, your courage is being dissed. It is taken out of it. Thank you. This crowd over here for laughing at me. Okay. So your courage is being taken out of you. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to take whatever courage you have and take it out of your life because he knows that it can just. Make things a mess for you. Encouragement is the act of somebody putting courage inside of you. When you encourage somebody or somebody encourages you, what you're doing is more than just saying nice words to somebody. You're actually putting courage into their hearts to get through whatever they're going through. Encouragement is a big deal. In in Esther's story, she had a, a few people that did that for her. One was her uncle Mordecai. I think Pastor Dan's going to talk about him next week. But the other person that we find is a guy named Haggai. And he was a guy that God strategically put in her life to give her courage. Haggai was a eunuch. 
some of the some of the details of this story are a little bit awkward, and I'll let Pastor Dan cover these next week. Okay, this this whole why she how this process of becoming queen and you know her her night with the king and all those things they're a little bit awkward. But yet God, because He's authoring the stories in the middle of all these things, He's redeeming it, redeeming everything. She is is grouped in with. You know, some commentators say everywhere from 400 to 1,000 other young girls to have a tryout to be queen. And this one stands out. Esther doesn't belong because she is an exile. She is a Jewish girl. You know, if you study the history here, most of these women that would have been picked, they would have come from noble families. They would have had nobility in their blood. And yet Esther was what? She was an orphan. She did not belong, but yet God is writing her story. And along the way, God sends her Haggai, who's a eunuch. He's in charge of this whole awkward process of becoming a queen. And more than just a eunuch who's in charge of the girls, he is what historians call a chamberlain. He's in charge of the whole royal household. And so next to the king, he has access. He actually has the most um, unfettered access to the king. He can go back and forth without, without any – he has every reason to go. And so he knows – what the king's moods are. He knows what the king's temperament is. He knows everything about what the king likes and dislikes. And the Bible says that Haggai comes along and he sees Esther and he says, I like her. I'm going to help her. doesn't make sense. He shouldn't have. And so he assigns her, uh, he assigns her like a whole like entourage, a whole makeup team. And he, he gives her special food and he does all these things for a year. He favors this orphan, exiled girl. And God arranged for him to be there so that because an orphan who is an exile would have no understanding of what it took to be queen. And yet God put the person who knew the most about the king right in her ear. Do you guys see that today? That's what God does in our life. He strategically puts people there. Um, he gave her special treatments, food, and probably unbelievable insight into what the king liked and disliked. And so when Esther's time came... She was more prepared than anybody else because she had the person that would know the most about the king. God puts people in our lives that believe in you long before you believe in yourself. And we all, if we think about our lives, I want you guys to think a second. If you think about your life story, think about the people that God has placed in your life at certain times that helped you to put courage into your hearts. I don't know if you have somebody in your mind, but I could give you my list of people. I could tell you about a youth pastor named Chili. It's a funny name for a youth pastor. His name, and he came at 16 years old in my life, and he looked at me at church. I was, I was a kid who grew up in church but had no interest in God, and he stopped and looked at me and said, Dre, do you know you're a leader? Do you know that you're a leader? Do you know that people are following you? There's a leader inside of you. God put a Haggai in my life to call, to give me courage. I could tell you about other guys named Brad Kaufman and Paul Barth, and I could take you through professors like Brubaker and Dippold, and I could just tell you at different points in my life where God put, strategically put people in my life at that season of my life to give me courage and to help me. I could tell you when I was, I don't know, 18 years ago, um, 17 years ago, I was working about 40 minutes here we were pastoring we were just newly married just had a baby um, and we were really in a discouraging time and I was working at a mason yard in Lambertville New Jersey and uh, it, that's okay you can laugh I laugh at it too and uh, 
I was working at a mason yard, pastoring part-time, and on a Saturday morning, uh, I was really just thinking, God, is this worth it? Have I heard you? Am I supposed to be a pastor? And in that day walked uh, somebody who was an older gentleman and uh, his wife, and I went to go help them with whatever they needed. And here, the the older gentleman looked at me and said, son, who are you and why are you here? He began to just talk to me, and he told me he was a retired minister. And he began to just speak courage into my life. I needed it that day. Found out years later that was Anna's grandfather, Joyce's dad. Didn't know. Years later, I connected it with Dan. And God knew that I needed him that day to help me get through that season. There are people that God sends in your life to give you courage. I could tell you about a a lady named Heidi Baker, a missionary in Africa who spoke courage into my life. I could tell you about a lady who ran a school of ministry who sat with me on a back porch and began to just speak courage into my life. Her name is Pamela. All throughout life, God has sent me people that have spoken courage when I needed it. Encouragement is a big deal. It gives us courage. There are four commitments up here today, and we're going to talk about each of these. These are our four commitments that we make as members of this church to each other. I believe the best in you. I will give you what I have. I won't give up on you, and I will go with you. And each of these messages, we want to highlight one of these that the message ties into. And today I think Haggai is a good representation of I will give you what I have. And Haggai just looked at Esther and said, whatever I have is yours. She didn't deserve it, but he said, have my resources, have my knowledge. And I believe that there is no Queen Esther without Haggai, without him giving her what he had. And he is a representation of what God does for us. God does the same thing for us. He says, I will give you what I have. You can have my resources. You can have my love. You can have my courage. You can have those things. And so Haggai is that representation to that. He did that for Esther. I don't think she becomes queen just because she's beautiful. I believe that's because Haggai gave the resources and insight to her. It's what God does for us. He gives us what he has. And the last one, we'll we'll land on this today. Number three, God strategically places us in the lives of others to help give them courage. God will place you strategically in somebody else's story to help you give somebody else courage. It's the way the kingdom works. We have an opportunity to be a Haggai for somebody else. You probably already have in your life at different points. And today I want to call you to be thinking about who maybe God has placed around you that you have an opportunity to encourage. See, I believe that where you work and live and shop and go, go to school is not just some random thing. I believe it's part of God's story. And I believe that it's, he's writing you into somebody else's life, that he strategically placed you there that you can come along side of somebody, speak courage into their hearts, that God loves you, I love you, I believe in you, and God believes in you. I dare you today. I, I dare you to go out today, and if you want to really just, like, just upset everything in a good way, go tell your server today that God loves them and see what conversation happens after that. Go speak courage into people's lives wherever you go. But I believe that there are people already in your lives that God God needs you 
to be a Haggai for them. Claire, if you come, we're going to close out the service today. And here's the reason why. When we have a relationship with the King of Kings, we have access to his heart and his ways and how he feels about people. And we can just communicate that to other people. God loves you. God cares about you. Here's what the king likes. And we can speak courage unto them. Encouragement is the remedy for many of life's problems. Give somebody courage. Give somebody the courage they need today. Give what you have. I will give you what I have. Give your time, your energy, your finances, your prayers, your giftings, your ability, your sweat, your tears, and so on. We've been doing these X factors these months. How many have enjoyed those? How many have, how many have, how many have participated in doing an X factor this year, at least once? Yeah, we've done a few this past month of June. I can't believe it's July already. It's July 1st. But the month of June, we read 1 Corinthians 13 every day. We wore those Love Is bracelets. They're still out there. You can grab them. I was, uh, I ran, we went into our favorite pizza shop the other day, and the guy behind the counter had one. He's not a part of our church. And he said, uh, somebody, somebody gave, I saw this and I, I liked it, and somebody just gave me their bracelet. So it was very cool. We got to have a conversation with them. We did a giving challenge. We prayed for somebody every day for a whole month. And, and this month's X Factor, we want to, wanted to coincide with what I'm talking about today. We want to encourage you every day this month to go to make it a point to encourage somebody to find somebody that's around you every day and to strategically say I'm going to encourage this person maybe it's a text maybe it's a phone call maybe uh, it's writing a letter maybe it's stopping and talking to somebody that you don't know but every day this month we're going to be challenging you encourage somebody speak courage into somebody's life and see what happens. I wanted to give you a resource today, something to inspire you. I think you got one of these when you walked in today. If you haven't, you can pull it out. If you didn't get one, there's plenty out there on the way out. This is written by a pastor that I really like. His name is Chris Valentin. And he just said, here are the 12 attributes of courage. I want to read a couple of them to you today because I want you to really get inspired about what courage does. Esther does not become queen unless she had the encouragement of Haggai. There are Hadassahs that will become Esthers with your encouragement around you. They'll become stars. They need your encouragement. I'll read a few of these to you just to inspire you today. Courage refuses to give up long after everyone else is gone. When people insist they can't change, courage says, you're better than that. Courage refuses to take the temperature of the crowd to determine which virtues are in vogue. Courage falls down, but it gets back up. When it loses a battle, it contends for a victory. When it's locked in a prison, it's freed by an earthquake. Here's my favorite one, I think. Drag courage into a cold, dark alley and leave it for dead. And it will strike a match and set the world on fire. A couple down here. When life leaves the beaten path, courage enjoys the journey. Sometimes courage doesn't roar, but it's the quiet voice at the end of the night that says, we will try again tomorrow. Encourage someone today. When you take the time to encourage 
you're speaking courage into somebody's life. I'd like for us to pray. And Claire's going to play for us just for a few minutes. And here's what I'd like you to do as you pray. Ask God to show you who are the people around you that you can make a difference in by speaking encouragement into their lives. Would you just take a few moments to pray? God, speak somebody to you. Maybe you write it down on that paper. Maybe you put it in your phone. But I'm believing that God's going to show you some people. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.